0: Welcome to the Employment Law and HR Podcast with your host, Alison Colley. Hello and welcome to this episode 175 of the Employment Law and HR Podcast. I'm your host, Alison Colley. I'm an employment solicitor and HR specialist and I run the firm Real Employment Law Advice. We provide advice and assistance to both employers and employees on all aspects of employment law. So if you have a particular question or an issue going on in your organisational business that you would like some advice from a qualified and experienced solicitor, then do not hesitate to get in touch. Lots of the time we can offer you a fixed fee or a guaranteed fee so you can be sure of the costs that you are incurring from the outset. The best way to get in touch is to either email me, my email is alison at realemploymentlawadvice.co.uk or alternatively you can call our head office on 01983 897 003 and if you call during the working hours of Monday to Friday 9 to 5 then in most cases you can be put straight through to a solicitor to talk about your issue with no cost and no obligation to you. For those of you who listened to last week's episode you'll know I was interviewing Kate Davis around the issues for management that may occur when implementing hybrid working and in this episode I'm going to go through some of the practical steps that I think employers should follow. So without further ado I'm going to get into this week's featured content. Now as I said in the introduction I'm going to be talking about the practical considerations for employers when looking to implement hybrid working. Now it's very easy in my view for businesses and organisations to jump straight into hybrid working off the back of the home working that we've all been forced to do during the various lockdowns that have been taking place since March last year. And yes it would be easy to carry on or just to make slight adjustments by asking staff to come into work in the office a few days a week but in my view if you are making or you intend to make hybrid working a long-term plan for your business it's really important that you take the time to plan the whole thing out and to really consider the issues that may arise. We have or many of us, have been working from home in the last sort of 16 months or so. And that's because it has been forced. And we have been living in a very different world. And what's been going on outside the home and outside of work is very different. And it is or it has been a forced situation. So I don't think that you can rely on all the things and the measures you've put in place for homeworking to be successful with hybrid working once the world reopens and once people are returning to normality. Now it may work successfully for some businesses for a short period of time, but actually I'm not sure that it's sustainable once things return to normal. I think what we have to realise is people's mindset, manager's mindset, the way people will be thinking, the way customers and clients will be thinking is very different as well. And so I think you really need to put some thought into how this is going to work. And so I've put together some of the key things that I think you should consider and including some of the legal considerations. Now, if I talked about every single thing that you could potentially look at with hybrid working. I'd probably be here for the next four hours, but I am going to try and keep this podcast to the normal sort of 20 minutes to a half an hour slot if I can. And I will be following up with a further episode on this in two weeks time. So there'll be a part three. And I have also produced a checklist and some information for you. And there will be the possibility of downloading a work hybrid working policy from our website shortly. So I'll give you more details about how you can get your hands on that checklist at the end of the podcast. So the first thing I think you need to consider if you are looking at implementing hybrid working is to consult with staff. Now I know lots of organisations have sent out questionnaires and have asked their staff what they think about the possibility of doing hybrid working or home working, or full, fully back to the office and have asked what people's opinions are of that. Now, whilst this is a very good starting point, it isn't enough to consult with staff by asking their opinion on which kind of work they would like. You need to consult with them in a meaningful way, either with groups of employees or via the trade union or employee representatives. So to take your list of Things that you need to consider and decide around hybrid working, and then engage in discussion with staff about this. Now, of course, the decision making process lies with management, and management should be the ones that are signing this off. But it's really important that you get the buy in of of staff and get their opinions and views on how it will work on a practical basis. So, the first thing is always to open a dialogue and consult with staff. The second thing to consider, and this will impact how you go about implementing the change, is are you intending this to be a temporary arrangement, i.e. until the worst of the pandemic has gone or we're back to complete normality, or are you going to make it a permanent thing? And if you are going to make it a permanent change, will you allow for a period of review? So will you have a trial period for hybrid working before you go fully permanent? Now, in my view, if it is your intention to make this a long-term arrangement, I think it's really important that you do implement it on a trial basis. So that is, you say, we're going to give this three months and then we're going to review it or we're going to review after three months with a view to a final decision being made in six months. And therefore, setting out the expectation for staff that this may not be something that continues in the long term and ensuring that they don't make alternative arrangements to their detriment at home if they're required to then return to the office full time in say three or six months time. There are a number of scenarios I can foresee where employees make changes to their life, their home and their family to accommodate or to work around hybrid working or to take advantage of the fact that they are working from home more often and then if they're suddenly recalled back to the office full-time it could be very detrimental to them in the long term. So really give consideration to how it's going to work in terms of the timing of the implementation. The next step moves on to some of the practical things I think you need to consider and that is around the frequency of time that people are in the office? Have you decided or how will you decide how many days staff are required to be in the office? Is this going to be done by way of consultation with all of the staff or are you going to poll the workforce or decide on a team by team or department basis? But you do need to, in my view, set out the minimum number of days that individuals are required to be in the office so that you do have a truly hybrid working situation and not having a situation where employees are permanently at home because they haven't been required to attend on set days. And then the next question following on from that is, how will you decide when the office days will be worked? Now you can, of course, leave this to individuals to make their decision. So you could say you're required to be in the office a minimum of two days a week. Uh, We don't mind when you come in. Now that's all well and good, but you are likely to find that you have the higher percentage of staff in midweek and people would rather work from home on a Monday or Friday when they have more flexibility. This is okay if your business can work like that, but in my view it could create problems, as I say, in terms of arranging meetings or fulfilling client needs and also if you're planning on downsizing your office space so you won't have enough space and desks for the same number of employees if everybody's coming in on the same day so I think you should really be giving consideration to what days you require people to be in and this leads me on to the next question I think you should be asking yourself which is how will it work in practice in the office Will you have enough desks and equipment for one per employee or do you plan on having hot desking or shared desks? Now, if you have downsized and you're planning on having different teams in or different departments in on different days, then it may very well work to have a hot desking or shared desk situation. Of course, you need to give consideration to the cleaning of those once people have left and how you deal with making sure that they are sanitized between users. But also, with that, if you are doing a hot desking or shared desk situation, I think you really do need to be prescriptive about when people come in. And that is saying if you're going to be a hybrid worker, then you work two days in the office and three days at home, rather than saying you have to be in for a minimum of two days and then letting people choose if they come in or not on the other days. You could find that you end up with people coming in more often than you expect, and therefore you run out of space. So again another reason to not just let this drift on or for the employees to make their own rules about it but rather set out in your policy exactly what your expectations are. The next thing you need to consider is whether you need to change employment terms so their contracts and will you be doing this by way of a change to the employment contract or will you be putting together a letter to vary the terms. So once you've decided whether you're going to make this a permanent change or not, and all of the details around how it's going to work, then you will need to look at whether you need to change the current employment terms between you and the employee. Now the employee's place of work is one of the minimum legal terms that you must provide to staff in their employment contract or written statement. So, if you are changing that in any way, you do need to notify them and issue a formal notice of change to their terms. It may be that if you're doing this on a temporary basis, that you issue a letter that says, on a temporary basis, your place of work is now the office and their home, and this will be reviewed on X date, at which point we will then decide if this is going to become a permanent change to employment contract or remain temporary for a further trial period. Either way you need to make sure that you are setting out to employees exactly what is required of them in terms of their place of work. Now I have heard from several employers who want to keep the contractual place of work as the office and therefore have the office as the base of employment and include hybrid working as a way of saying you can flexibly work from home. Now this is fine if that's truly how it's going to be, if it's going to be a case of yes you can work from home when you want to or if you need some quiet time or to work on a particular project or something or to be home when you have a tradesman coming. But if this is going to be something that's happening on a regular basis that you are putting in place a variety of rules around, Um, including rules around when they can and cannot come into the office. (laughs) In my view, you're making a significant change to their employment terms and therefore I'm of the view that you need to set this out in writing. Now, there is no reason why you can't say that we're moving to, let's say you've decided after a trial period, a permanent change to hybrid working. There's no reason why you can't say you will work three days a week in the office and two days a week from home but we reserve the right to require you to return to working in the office full-time should the need arise or should the circumstances change or um, should your performance fall below the required standard so you're reserving the right to change that for them. This will make sure that your employment contract terms accurately reflect what's been agreed but will also give you the flexibility to make changes and recall them to the office in the future. So if you're changing the employment terms this brings me on to the next question which is if you need to change the terms of their contract and it is not agreed how are you going to deal with that? Let's just say for example on a company-wide basis There's a resounding drive from the staff to move to hybrid working so you go through the process of consultation, you come up with the rules and the parameters around it and then you issue the details to staff and you have an employee who says I don't want to work from home at all, I just want to be in the office or you have an employee who says I don't want to work in the office, I just want to be at home, how are you going to deal with that? So arguably you need to get their agreement to a change to their employment terms. So if an employee is contractually required to work in the office and they want to just work in the office but you want to change that so they work at home then you would need their agreement and if there is no agreement and no compromise then you would need to look at potentially giving them notice to terminate their employment and re-engaging them on new terms if you really want to force the change to hybrid working. If you have an employee whose permanent base of work is the office and you have had a temporary arrangement for them to work from home during the COVID situation and then they decide that they don't want to return to the office at all then what you would be looking at in that situation in my view would be a flexible working application from the employee to change from full-time in the office to home working and of course then that's down to your Agreement as to whether that proceeds. In any event, if you find yourself in a disagreement with employees on an individual basis, then I strongly recommend that you engage in conversation with them, see what their issues are, and seek to reach a compromise to avoid any future conflict. But in short, there is no requirement for an employee to agree to hybrid working, and equally, there's no requirement for you to agree to full-time home working either. The next thing I think you need to consider from a legal perspective is how hybrid working will impact your organisation in relation to equality, diversity and inclusion. Now this is not necessarily a short-term issue, it's unlikely to bring up short-term equality issues, Although of course, if somebody has specific reasons for wanting to remain at work or in the office, and as we were saying earlier, you can't reach an agreement, it might be that that's because of a protected characteristic, and therefore there are additional considerations there. For example, if you have a disabled employee who actually has found that working from home is much better for them in terms of their ability to work and convenience, so they don't have to travel, then it may be that a reasonable adjustment is to exempt them from the requirements to come into the office for the one or two days that you're requiring others to. And that's an aside. What I'm talking about in terms of the impact on your organisation with regards to equality, diversity and inclusion is on a long-term basis. Now, there have been various studies which have shown those employees who are present in the office and who have access to experience um, informal training and opportunities are the ones that tend to be promoted or have access to opportunities for promotion and development. Whereas those who work ho- at home predominantly are less likely to be promoted. As those staff who are more likely to want to work from home are parents, caregivers, potentially disabled employees, or those who are lower paid or in lower social economic groups you may find that you are inadvertently creating a system of inequality in the long run. Again, it's very difficult to predict how this may impact your business, but the key thing is from the outset of introducing hybrid working is to ensure that you have this in mind and this potential issue. And again, it's another reason in my view for being both prescriptive about when people are in the office and when they're out of the office, so that you prevent a situation where, for example, let's just say young men without families are able to work in the office more frequently than their female older colleagues who have children, then you're not creating a disparity there where the men are coming in because they can and the women aren't coming into the office because they can't because they've got other things to prioritise at home. The next issue I think should be in consideration is whether you are going to allow meetings to take place in a hybrid way or not. So you might think what are you talking about Alison why do we need to consider this in our hybrid working policy or plans for hybrid working? Well In my view, I think that hybrid meetings, so what I mean by that are meetings that take place where some people are in a meeting room together and others are virtual, so on Zoom or Teams or something like that, can create a situation of unfairness and can make people feel disengaged because inevitably conversations will take place between staff who are physically in the same room before meetings officially start and after meetings finish so those colleagues who are at home and are attending the meeting virtually will miss out on some of that discussion and or potentially some of the things that come up in those meetings so i'm firmly of the view that you need to have either in person meetings where everybody attends Or you have virtual meetings where everybody is virtual. Now, you can, of course, have a virtual meeting with people who are in the office. So you could have people in their own offices or at their own desks connecting in virtually, which would help to alleviate some of those issues that you would get if you had a hybrid meeting. But I think, again, it's one of those things, isn't it, that you need to give consideration to how it's going to work in practice. Because once you start doing it, then issues may start to arise and it can be very difficult to unravel it after the event. The next thing I think you should consider is who is going to bear the cost of travel to the office when employees are required to travel to the office. Now you might say well that's obvious because when they traveled to the office before they would bear their own costs but now that you're moving to a hybrid model again I think it's important that you set this out and this leads me on to who's going to pay the costs for working from home. And it may be that during the pandemic, you have been paying contribution towards internet bills and utility bills for the time that the employees are working at home. And that might have been a temporary arrangement whilst they were working at home full time. But what are you going to do when they're working at home part of the time? Are you going to continue with those contributions and at what level? The next thing to consider is will you have a requirement or stipulation that staff must live within a certain proximity of the office? If you are introducing hybrid working, do you want staff to be able to still come into work easily and readily? Or are you happy for them to move further afield now that they are going to be working from home, say, four or three days a week? it is important to address this kind of thing at the outset because people may be making decisions now based on the fact that they would be working at home more often than not and therefore they might be looking to sell up and move to the country or to downsize or to even increase the size of their home so that they've got a dedicated office space. So it's really important that you address that issue. The next thing I think which is really hard is how are you going to ensure that you have a work life balance for your staff and that this is maintained now contrary to popular belief one of the biggest problems with staff working from home is not their lack of work or their propensity to sit and watch netflix all day but rather it's the inability to switch off at the end of the day and you you may have found already during the pandemic that many staff do blur the boundaries between work time and home time or downtime, and so what are you going to do to ensure that they aren't working excessive hours? Of course you have an obligation to ensure the health and safety and well-being of your staff and one of these things is making sure that they aren't being overworked. Now my recommendation is again when you're setting up hybrid working that you set boundaries and standards and the expectations for staff from the outset about their working hours and ensure that they're detailed in your hybrid working policy and again you should train your managers about how to deal with a situation where they have an employee who is working more hours than they should be so for example if you have an employee who's regularly sending emails late at night it should be the manager who addresses that by way of a conversation with the employee making it clear that actually it's not Required for them to work that late, and it's not something that they should be doing, and asking them exactly why they're doing it. Is there an issue with their workload? Is there an issue with the way in which they're working? Is there some other problem which means that they have to work late at night? So it is about opening that dialogue, but it is something that managers do need to be alive to and aware of if you introduce a hybrid working model. Another thing to consider when you're putting in place your hybrid working policy is. What will happen in the event that you have to undertake a disciplinary meeting or some kind of grievance meeting or investigation? How are you going to deal with that? Will that be dealt with virtually or will you wait until the day when the employee is required to be in the office to hold those meetings? Equally if you find that somebody has a dip in their performance or they're not reaching their targets or meeting the standards that you require, how are you going to address that? Is it going to be that as soon as somebody's performance drops and capability discussions start, they must return to working in the office? Or are you going to manage that until they're on a performance improvement plan? How is it going to be set out from the outset, how you deal with staff who aren't maintaining the work level that's required while they are working at home? Mm -hmm. So those are just a few of the questions that I think are the most important things for you to consider when you are putting together your homeworking policy or rules and procedures around how homeworking is going to work. I have put together a checklist which sets out all of the points that I've discussed in today's podcast plus some additional points to consider and you can get a free copy of this by going onto our website realemploymentadvicecouk forward slash DIY documents and on there you'll find a link you can download the checklist and there will also be a hybrid working policy example on the website for you to purchase shortly. Of course if you have any questions or you'd like any specific advice or if you'd like us to help you implementing your hybrid working procedures or hybrid working model or policies or if you'd like us to create any documents for you then we can do that for you usually as I say for a fixed fee. If you have any questions about hybrid working or you have any specific questions that you would like answered then please do not hesitate to get in touch. The services that we can provide in this regard are advising you on the process for consultation, preparing documents, providing you with bespoke hybrid working policies and we can even run the meetings with staff for you and produce all of the documentation that you may require. We can normally do this for an agreed fixed fee so why not get in touch and we'd be happy to send you a quote and help you out in any way that we can. Finally, before I sign off, if you are implementing hybrid working in your organisation and you have any tips, hints or suggestions that you would like to share with others, then do please get in touch. You can either leave a comment on the podcast page on the website, which is realemploymentadvicecouk forward slash or you can send me a message in LinkedIn and share that way. Many thanks for listening. I hope that you have a fantastic week ahead